Welcome to the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast. Lately, I have been watching with interest and probably also a little bit of alarm, as you probably have yourself, at the disruption of so many industries. At the time of this recording, we are knee-deep in the quarantine shutdown situation, and we're seeing reports all the time of supply chain shortages and not enough meat in the stores or not being able to buy flour or yeast. Or then on the other hand, we see reports of farmers dumping milk or crunching eggs or having to euthanize the pigs and the chickens. And it's just such a bizarre time to be alive. But all of this upheaval has really compelled me to make some big changes. And in this episode, I just kind of want to talk through some of those things. Believe it or not, when I record on this podcast, sometimes I have everything wrapped up in a nice shiny package for you. Sometimes though, it just helps me to digest and sort out some of my thoughts. So you get to be a front row spectator in that process today. Hopefully it makes sense, but I think that it will give you some food for thought. In fact, I know it will. And even if you're listening to this episode Farther down the road when the quarantine is over, hopefully it'll be over someday, we don't know, Um, but it will still be applicable then, I guarantee. So I'm your host, Jill Winger, and this is the podcast for the Trailblazers, the Mavericks, the Makers, the Homesteaders, the Modern Pioneers, and the Backyard Farmers. If you're ready to boost your food security and increase your self-sufficiency, well, you have found your tribe. This episode is brought to you by Layman's Hardware, my number one all-time favorite store for all things homesteading and old-fashioned living. More than ever, I want to be supporting small businesses right now, and Layman's is a shining example of that. Not only do they carry everything from gardening supplies to kitchen equipment to all sorts of really cool off-grid appliances, They are family owned and operated, and I completely fell in love with their mission when I visited their store in the tiny town of Kidron, Ohio last summer. For a limited time only, if you use the coupon code JILLMAY, you can save 10% on all of their baking supplies, which yes, that includes their heritage stoneware bowls. You know, the ones with the blue stripe that you've seen in my YouTube videos. Yep, those are included too. So head on over to theprairiehomestead.com slash layman's, L-E-H-M-A-N-S, and use the code Jill May. Now on to our episode. So I think the biggest area that I have felt very much convicted, I don't know if that's the right word, or compelled to shift as of late is in regards to Amazon. And honestly, I've been feeling these urges for a while now, and it just felt too complicated to try to figure out an alternative. So I just kind of ignored it. But there's been a couple different things that have happened that have caused me to realize that this is something I need to address sooner versus later. So I need to start this with a confession. Um, You know that I love old fashioned things and simple living, but we lean on Amazon a lot. We live a long way from town. And I don't like going to town. It is not something that I find enjoyable. And so if I need something, a book or a random gadget, or maybe even a pantry supply, I will often just grab it on Amazon. We have Prime. It gets here in two days. 
it's way faster and more efficient than me trying to go get it in town or wait till I get to town next, which sometimes it can be weeks between my trips. And so we order and we have Amazon boxes coming here a lot, which is not an abnormal for the entire country, right? And for a long time, I have been kind of like, Ugh, every time I place an order, I'm like, this is so easy. But it's also, I know it's not great for local economy. And honestly, for a very long time, for going on eight years, I have chosen not to shop at Walmart. We have two Walmarts in our town. It's definitely the preferred location for most everybody in our local area. And I felt compelled to stop shopping there a while ago because I just would was wanting to disperse my money around the community instead. Um, and, you know, kind of root for the underdog. So here I was not shopping at Walmart, but then I was also ordering it from Amazon. And I started to realize that that was a little bit hypocritical, sort of, that um, because Amazon, maybe at the beginning, it wasn't, but now it's basically the equivalent of Walmart, right? Um, and please know, as I s just work through and word vomit all of this information, this is not designed to make anyone feel bad. I don't, I don't even know how it would make you feel bad, but I haven't even processed through this enough on my own to be able to think about all the different ways this could offend someone. So if it offends you, I'm sorry. Hopefully it gives you a little bit of a push to rethink some of your buying decisions. I hope it does that. I hope it doesn't hurt your feelings. If it does, I'm sorry. But just that's my little caveat before we get going. Because who knows, I could say something totally off the cuff and it could be completely offensive. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm just going to keep on going. Um, another piece of our Amazon connection was that you may not know this, but for a lot of online influencers or bloggers or people who have platforms on social media, Amazon has been a way, traditionally, you can make an income. So Amazon has a very popular affiliate program and you can share links. Like let's say if you share a link to a $5 book and someone goes and buys the book after they click on your link, you also get credit for everything else they have in their Amazon shopping cart that day. So it actually... Even though the percentage was small, Amazon in the past has been a fairly lucrative way for some bloggers or online business owners to make an income. Now, honestly, I haven't, that hasn't been a very big part of my blogging income for quite some time. There's other income streams that I focus on more, but it's been pretty darn handy if I'm writing a blog post with ingredients and it's some weird ingredient like sucanat or some type of special uh, cinnamon, I can just link it on Amazon and it just makes it easy and I get a little bit of a cut. So that was my other tie with Amazon. We ordered from it a lot personally and I also was sharing it via the affiliate program. So um, I we, we gathered some Amazon statistics and honestly, I probably didn't look at these sooner because I didn't really want to know um, because I knew it wasn't great. But we found some statistics, and when I say we, that's my um, assistant and I, and these are from 2015, but I want to give you a few of these. There's actually quite a long list. I wanted to give you a few of them because when I saw these numbers, it was quite shocking to me. Um, so again, this is 2015, so I'm sure this is completely exponentially grown since this statistic was recorded. In 2015, Amazon's retail sales displaced the equivalent of 38,000 storefronts and 133 million square feet of commercial space. Um, they also, even though they do hire people in their warehouses and seasonal workers, 
they actually still produced a net loss of over 222,000 retail jobs nationwide. And also in 2015, Amazon's sales and operations accounted for a loss of more than $1.26 billion in revenue to state and local governments. Now, I'm trying to be careful how I say this because I like business. I am a businesswoman, and I like it. But when you see a monopoly like this, it feels like it's really, or not it feels like, it is hurting our local stores. And we're seeing more and more local stores close because they cannot compete with Amazon. And honestly, I'm watching what the reports that are coming in right now, and this is a little bit of a different issue, but it does tie in. We look at like the slaughterhouse and the packing plant issue right now. So just this past week or two, there's been these just, it's literally making me nauseous when I see it. Just, it makes me sick. I can't stop thinking about it. These reports of these big packing houses having to close and they have all these pigs and they have all these chickens and I don't know all the ins and outs and I'm not the owner of the packing house and I know there's decisions being made that I don't fully understand, but they're having to basically euthanize thousands and thousands of animals um, that were in these confined feeding operations that were sent there to be slaughtered and they're not able to use the meat. They're being buried. And it just, it just makes me sick. It makes me sick for the waste of the animal life. It makes me sick for the people who need food and we're burying the meat in the ground and the grocery store shelves that are empty. And ugh, it just it feels so broken. But when I look locally, there are very few local slaughterhouses. There's a handful and they can't keep up because so much of the slaughterhouse industry was centralized with these big packers. And there's a huge story and a history behind that. And I don't have the time or even the energy to research it and be able to give you every little detail. But the reason I think that relates to Amazon is when we look at everything being super industrialized and super centralized, that to me is when things, when things go wrong, they go really, really wrong. And because we've been dependent on these big packing houses for so long, we don't have those same availabilities locally anymore. And so right now, I'm seeing folks trying to get their local beef or their local pork processed. And like when we're calling around, we can't even get in to a packing house or a small slaughterhouse until like 2022 or late 2021. And that is, I mean, really happy they're having, like they're doing good as far as their businesses go, but it's a little concerning because if we can't get animals, and when I say we, I'm saying us as in our um, beef that we're selling and other producers, there's going to be a major supply chain issue. And when we look back historically, this would not have happened the same way because we would have had way more mom and pop butchers, right? And there would have been all these little butcher shops all over the place and you would have bought your meat from the local meat man. And so you wouldn't have this major disruption when, you know, one of the big dog packing plants had to shut down because of some crazy virus. And so when I see Amazon, the same thing happening, right? Amazon is driving all these little mom and pop bookstores and grocery stores and all these little places out of business. And maybe Amazon's not completely to blame. You have some of the other big chains like Walmart, definitely causing some issues. But when someday that gets, if that ever gets disrupted or if that doesn't work out like we thought, we're not going to have these smaller local businesses to fall back on. And that scares me. I don't want that to happen. So all of that to say in a very rambling way, I am feeling very, very compelled to 
make my life a little bit more difficult, I'll be honest, and commit to spending my dollars locally more than ever. Whether it's buying books locally or it's buying food, more food locally. And we do a lot of that anyway. We grow a lot of our own. Um, but really getting creative and seeking out those local businesses and those local sources, even if it costs a little bit more. Because I don't want to end up losing all of those businesses, especially in a time that we're in right now where things are tough for some of these little guys. It's extra tough. I think we need to be extra cognizant of how we can help them out and not just do the easy thing, right? Because we've talked about this before in other episodes, the idea of hard but good. I know for me, sometimes I get lazy. I just want to do the two-click prime order. But perhaps the hard but good thing would be for me to be a little bit patient and wait till I go to town next and go to the local little store and get that item instead and support that local business. Because when you invest in a small town company or a little little local business, the benefits are huge. They're exponential. So first off, it nurtures the community, right? Because those brick and mortar stores in small towns, they tend to invest in their community. They're the ones sponsoring um, the banquets and the school activities, and they're buying animals at the local county fairs. They're doing that at more than twice the rate of your big box stores, right? And an online retailer might not even be doing that at all. Um, So they're nurturing the community. They're giving you a choice. When I think choice is good, I definitely lean more towards D centralization, right? I don't like the idea of only having one main pork producer in the U.S. and that's where all of our pork comes from. That makes me uncomfortable. And that same idea for me applies to a lot of other products as well. Choice is good and competition is good. I also love that a small town or a local business, you get some more unique stuff, right? Otherwise it's such a cookie cutter shopping experience, which obviously those That is what made the Walmarts of the world and the Targets, that's what made them appealing because no matter where you go, you know what you're going to get, you know what the aisles look like, you know where everything's at. And I suppose there's a time and place for that. But when you're in a small town business, you get to connect with the owner and connect with the employees and just have sometimes more unique offerings. Another thing that I love about small town or small businesses is just being able to take advantage of a higher level of expertise. Like for example, we like to buy a lot of our building supplies from a local lumber store versus we have, we have three big box lumber stores in our town, but we prefer the little guy when at all possible. And sometimes they have to order stuff in because their stock isn't as big, but Christian can call him up. He knows the guy, the guy knows him. He can do some research for him. He can look into catalogs and they can actually work on troubleshooting what exact materials he needs. And Could we get that done at a big box lumber store? Probably it would take a little bit longer. And a lot of times the employees aren't as um, trained in the different, you know, materials in the department. So it's just a different experience. And it's really nice to be able to talk to someone in a small business who knows their stuff. Um, That really was highlighted to me when I worked with True Leaf Market back in the fall. I don't know if you remember that episode, we had Parker who works for True Leaf Market. And it was so cool because not only is he a, you know, an executive at True Leaf, 
he knows about seeds. So I actually had Parker on and he was able to tell me so much about the cover crops that they sell. And it totally inspired me on cover crops and inspired a lot of you guys as well. But that's a great example. True Leaf is a small business and, you know, they're, they're, founders and their executives actually understand what they're selling. And to me, that's just really, really cool. Another thing I love about small businesses is they have this scrappy ambitiousness, right? And that is totally my jam, 100%. And the thing with business, and many of you are business owners, and you get this, you don't get to where you are in a business unless you are really resilient and you're really ambitious, and you're really good at getting knocked down and getting back up. And I like that. And now more than ever, our nation needs some gritty people, some scrappy people, and I want to support them in whatever way I can. So all of that to say, I get it. It costs a little more sometimes to support the little guy. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's actually cheaper, but everyone, you know, it's maybe a little bit more difficult because you have to actually be patient and you have to um, wait until you get to town next, in my case, you know, 30 minute drive at least. But I'm committing to doing everything I can to put my dollars back in my, either my local community or into other small businesses. And I'm going to invite you and challenge you to do the same, right? It really matters. So here's a few things I'm doing. Um, I'm going to try to start buying gifts from local or small merchants. Now, Etsy is a place I like to get a lot of gifts because you can, and, and there's two different Etsy kinds of Etsy shops. There's like some Etsy shops that are like bigger companies just selling kind of mass produced items. But if you dig a little deeper, there's a lot of amazing small business owners and creators and crafters and makers on Etsy. And I love, love, love being able to support them. In fact, my goal this past Christmas was that I didn't want to buy any gifts for anyone from a big box chain store or retailer. So I did everything from um, little guys and it was so fun. So, and so unique, right? Just different. Another thing you'll see changing, maybe if you pay attention, maybe you don't, so it doesn't matter, but I'm actually going to stop promoting Amazon links on my blog and on my platforms. So previously, there's been a number of Amazon links in the little shop page of the Prairie Homestead website or interspersed in blog posts, and we are actively working on, like as we speak, stripping those out. And it might take us a while to get to all of them because there's a lot of them. We're going to strip them out. Um, I technically still make money from them, but I'm choosing to remove those because I really want to start highlighting exclusively small businesses instead. Now this, this episode is not necessarily sponsored by any of these, but here's a few of the companies that I am really excited about. Um, so first off layman's, you've heard me talk about them in the past. You're going to hear me talk more about them. Layman's is a in a cute little town. It's a cute little Ohio town, population 970. And it's a family owned store with an amazing history. And they have all the homesteading stuff, guys, all the homesteading stuff, all the cooking, all the gardening. Fantastic, right? And you're literally supporting a amazing family business. Another little company I love is New England Cheese Making Supply. If you can want cheese cultures or cheese making equipment, grab it from them instead of Amazon. They're in Deerfield, Massachusetts, or South Deerfield, I guess, and their population is 1,800, right? Love it. Um, there is Be Wild Raw Honey and the Maple Dude, and 
One of my favorites is Farmhouse Teas, owned by an amazing family in Oregon, and they are my favorite tea. It's what I drink every night, all winter long, and they're really good. They're organic, but we're going to link all of these in my shop page. So you can get all these links and, and connect with all these companies there. Um, a couple others, Nature Hills, if you're looking for an online nursery. Now, if you can go local with your um, plant purchases, do it. However, I know that's not always an option. I know for us, our my favorite, favorite local nursery closed, which I literally wanted to cry over. Um, and so I don't have a great option. I, I have to kind of piece some options together. But if there's something I can't find locally, Nature Hills is where I am going to be checking first. Uh, seeds, can't go wrong with True Leaf Market. Love them for seeds, organic heirloom. Um, and then Kombucha Artisan in Indiana has a lot of amazing kombucha supplies. So just some ideas for you. And we'll include a link to my shop area right in the show notes. And if there are Amazon links there, they won't be there for long because we are working on actively replacing all of those with smaller businesses instead. So anyway, I hope that was food for thought. You know, as I was, as I, ugh, as I was putting together this episode, at first I'm like, well, does this really fit with my general topics? And I, you know, I actually think it really does because the title of this podcast is Old Fashioned on Purpose. And there's really nothing more old fashioned and wholesome that celebrates the simple life than supporting those little stores and those mom and pop businesses and those little services in your community that keeps your community strong and vibrant. So I'm hoping you'll join me in being more intentional with our dollars and putting those dollars back to work where it really counts. And that's it for today, my friend. Don't forget to hit subscribe so all the new episodes show up automatically in your podcast player. And if you have a minute to leave a quick review or rating, I would be so grateful. I read every single one. And every time one of those pops up, it just helps more people find this podcast and bring homesteading into their lives. Thanks so much for listening. And we'll chat more on the next episode of the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast.